The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It's time to stop focusing on business problems and start focusing on the growth and leadership of your business. Welcome to The Business Edge with your host, Marsha Zeidel. Learn to create a growth agenda to get your business on the right track and keep it there. Rev up your growth engine with exceptional talent and develop the right kind of leadership to move it forward fast. Now, here is Marsha Zeidel. Welcome to The Business Edge, giving practical advice to entrepreneurs and business leaders on how to take your company, firm, or practice to that next level with less stress and more success. In other words, how to take the growing pains out of growth. I'm Marsha Zeidel, the Smart Moves Coach. Here's a quote from Albert Einstein. He said, People love chopping wood. In this activity, one quickly sees results. As a smart move coach, I won't help you chop wood, but I will help you make the leadership and business move to quickly see results. Remember, good intentions, even with a good plan, don't magically lead to success. What does is making sure every day you're on the right track and you're not getting sidetracked in your leadership drive for purpose, performance, and profitability. Now, a Smart Moves treat to power up your business, brought to you by my valued sponsor, Snelling, connecting the right people with the right work. It's time for Marsha's Musings, a tasty morsel of wisdom and wit to take the growing pains out of growth. Your big idea. Is it just a dream or can it be a reality? Like many ambitious, forward-thinking leaders, you have an idea and want to make it happen. It could be getting a big project or a big contract or even a company off the ground. So I asked a group of executives who had a track record of success this question. In turning your ideas into reality, what lessons can you share with us? It was a lively discussion. What I distilled was the five P's of success. This is what they said. The first P is purpose. To begin with, you must identify what it is that you really wish to accomplish, and it should have meaning for you. Ideas are a dime a dozen, but if you're not passionately invested in your big idea, nothing will ever happen. Most people just give lift service to their ideas. The second P is plan. Now, the advice is don't overthink it. Do your research, make a simple plan, and then just go with it. See how the market reacts to your idea. Is it full steam ahead or back to the drawing board or something in between? Realize as you work your plan, your plan will change and change and change again. The third P is people. 
You can't do things alone. And you will never accomplish things alone. Look at the iPhone, for example. It wasn't developed solely by Steve Jobs. It was a creativity of many people. Hire the right people. Go for quality over quantity and pay them what they're worth. They will make your business prosper. The fourth is proceed. Ideas come and go. It's execution and follow through that will make them a reality. Every small step you take will open the way for more clarity, direction, and how-to. Whatever idea you have, test it out, and if it fails, it fails. Learn from it and keep moving forward. And finally, the fifth P is persistence. Keep at it. It's as simple as that. Learn what works, what doesn't, but more importantly, learn to adapt. Recognize that you aren't going to always get it right but have enough determination to stay the course in the midst of change, challenge, and at times, chaos. So here's a smart moves tip for your week. Years ago, I saw Patch Adams, an American physician and social activist author, speak at a conference, and he was asked this question at the end of an amazing presentation. He was asked this, How do you make your big idea happen? His answer, every day do at least one thing toward your dream. Maybe it's a phone call, an email, or a new book to read. Whatever it is, as long as it takes you one step closer to your dream. Listeners, what could you do today, right now, that will lead you closer to what you want to create, build, or develop, or get off the ground? I'd like to hear from you. Contact me at Marcia, M-A-R-C-I-A, at smartmovescoach.com or call 972-380-9181. You're listening to Marcia Zidle, the Smart Moves Coach, making sure you're on the right track and not getting sidetracked in your drive for high performance and profitability. Listeners, my guest today, Steve Hall, is someone who turned an idea into a reality. He's the founder and president of Drivers Select, a business that disrupts the traditional way automobiles are sold by delivering higher levels of consumer empowerment, personalization, and transparency. As a visionary leader in the conscious capitalist community, Steve serves as an advisor, speaker, and role model to inspire the growth and awareness of conscious business throughout the United States. One of the other things about Steve, at the top of the bio he sent me was this. He said, he's a proud father of three boys, age nine, five, and one where he enjoys life in Dallas with his amazing wife, Joy. He enjoys traveling, playing tennis, and working on his personal development, with always taking time out to enjoy Napa Valley Cabernets. You have quite a resume, Steve. It's a delight to have you on the show. Listeners, you must remember that conscious capitalism is not just a theory or some do-good gesture. Rather, it's a practical way to do business, to build a profitable and effective business and company. So again, Steve, welcome to the Business Edge. 
so happy to be here. Okay. Well, you know, I I talked to you earlier about what what I find is so fascinating about conscious capitalism. It is based on how I was raised, uh, which was in my father's business, and it was a small grocery store. He didn't use the term conscious capitalism, but what he did really reflects what this movement's about. So tell me about conscious capitalism and how you got involved. Yeah, great question. Um, I think one of the biggest misconceptions is what you said earlier, is that conscious capitalism is a bunch of do-gooders who really aren't interested in making money or building a business, but rather trying to save the world. And I've seen it even confused with uh, corporate social responsibility or some sort of charitable initiative. But to me, conscious capitalism is a way of approaching business with greatness in mind. It's a business that is great because it's sustainable, it's profitable, and it is about reinvesting those profits in ways that create value for everyone that it touches. It's a great company because people feel that if it ceased to exist, the world would probably be missing out on something special. Um, Another way of looking at conscious capitalism is it's really about the deliberate practice of four tenets. It's about having higher purpose. It's about being conscious of the leadership. It's about being conscious of the culture you're creating, and it's mm-hmm. about valuing all stakeholders, uh, the stakeholder orientation model. And, you know, uh, what made you get involved in this, and how did you get involved? Can you tell the listeners a little bit about that? Yeah, um, I got involved several years ago. It was at a time uh, probably when my business was at the at the high level. It was at the peak and I remember this was probably two thousand seven, two thousand eight, and I had thought I was achieving everything I wanted in business. Um, record growth beyond my expectations, record profits. And at the same time I was not happy uh unless the business was really growing. Uh my Outside of the business, such as things like health, relationships, uh, personal time, hobbies, they were all getting neglected. And I couldn't really figure out why it was that if I was doing everything I was supposed to, why was I not more happy? And it wasn't really until I started to get involved with some good coaches who helped me really understand the idea of balance in life. And through those relationships uh, and some leadership development that I was involved in, I came across Conscious Capitalism CEO Summit. And I went down to the CEO Summit and spent two and a half days with about 180 amazing CEOs and really learned for the first time that the key to happiness and in growing the business is how you align your personal values with the values of the business. And that was the missing piece for me, is that the values that I had with the business were sometimes different than the values I had personally. And conscious capitalism and and being around the leadership in there really showed me the importance of that. 
And I think what you say happens to to quite a few successful people who say after they they built their business, they have the the money, they have the prestige, they have the car, the house, the three kids, whatever it is. Is there more to life than this? And I think that's what you you've you've expressed, um, and you found that with conscious capitalism. Uh, I but you know I'd like to go into the for principles of conscious capitalism, but but before we do that, um, why don't you tell uh, the listeners a bit about your business? What is Driver Select, and why did you start that business? Yeah, yeah. From the outside, people would probably describe it much like you did in the opening as an innovative company that makes car buying easier. I think it's probably because we are so focused on removing many of the hassles of car buying, things like sitting in a showroom, haggling back and forth over price, meeting multiple managers, and having to be confused with all sorts of different financing options. And so instead, we have said the the process needs to be a lot more transparent. Um, Instead of Instead, we look to empower consumers to complete 90% of the whole car buying process before they ever set foot in a dealership. Uh, so before they come to see us, they'll have in writing the exact price of the vehicle, the history of the vehicle, the financing terms. So they only need to spend about 45 minutes at our store test driving the vehicle and taking delivery. It's about uh, personalization and uh, empowerment and transparency throughout the entire process. But that only describes kind of what we do as a business. I, I think to really understand driver select, um, you have to really look at why is it that we do uh, what we do and, and taking the uh, journey that we're on. And we believe that there's just a better way to, to treat people. Uh, and it's not just consumers. I think people often associate the car buying process with the poor customer treatment. And, and they're probably right. But what often gets overlooked is also how poorly uh, other people are treated, the employees of uh, uh, not only the uh, auto dealership, but the employees of the suppliers who support car dealers. Um, in many cases, these people are often treated uh, as bad, if not worse, than, than the consumers. And so I didn't get into the business uh, because I wanted to find a better way to treat people. I think that really evolved as I learned more about myself and what I really value. And uh, But it's certainly, even though it's not what got me into business, it's certainly today why I'm still in the business. And it's the thing that keeps me really, really driven to build Driver Select and, into a great company because I, I just think there's so much opportunity to show the world that there's a right way to treat people, uh, consumers, employees, suppliers, and uh, right. we're having a lot of fun doing it. Well, I can. I know you're having a lot of fun, and we're going to be talking about the fun part uh, during the uh, next segment or two. And I also wanted to say before we take a short break, why were, I would love to have known you when I was buying cars because it was not a very good experience. Anyway, it's time for a short break on the Business Edge. I'm Marcia Zidal, your Smart Moves coach, and my guest is Steve Hall, founder and president of Drive Select, uh, and leader in the conscious capitalism movement. Stay tuned. We'll be back to learn about the four principles of conscious capitalism.
Have you heard the great news? Snelling has been awarded Best of Staffing by both clients and candidates for their remarkable service, an achievement less than 1% of all workforce solutions companies can claim. Simply put, Snelling's satisfaction scores are more than double the industry average. We call it People Plus, and you'll understand why when you give us a call. Call us at 1-800-411-6401 or visit our webpage at www.snelling.com. That's 1-800-411-6401 or S-N-E-L-L-I-N-G.com. Have you heard the great news? Snelling has been awarded Best of Staffing by both clients and candidates for their remarkable service, an achievement less than 1% of all workforce solutions companies can claim. Simply put, Snelling's satisfaction scores are more than double the industry average. We call it People Plus, and you'll understand why when you visit our webpage at www.snelling.com. That's www.snelling.com. S-N-E-L-L-I-N-G.com. There's a saying, if you do what you've always done, you'll get what you've always gotten. Are you satisfied with what you're getting? Are you ready to get something different? To get the business edge, bring Marsha Zidal, the Smart Moves author and professional speaker, to your next meeting, conference, or retreat. What you get is more than just stories and motivation. Marsha delivers big ideas with big impact to fast-track your business and your leadership. Schedule your next keynote or presentation now at Marsha, M-A-R-C-I-A, at smartmovescoach.com. You are tuned into The Business Edge with Marsha Zidal. To reach Marsha or her guests on today's show, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send us an email to Marsha at smartmovescoach.com. Now, back to The Business Edge. Welcome back to The Business Edge, sponsored by Snelling. Connecting the right people with the right work. I'm Marcia Zidal, your Smart Moves Coach. And my guest is Steve Hall, visionary leader in the conscious capitalism community, telling us of how he grew his successful business, um, which is based on the principles of conscious capitalism. And so, you know, Steve, uh, listener Steve talked a bit about uh, how he got involved in conscious capitalism. He talked a bit about um, you know, his business, Driver Select. And now let's really get into the nitty-gritty of what conscious ca- the principles of conscious capitalism and how do you integrate it into your business and how, as business people, do, is it, does it become a competitive advantage for you? So, Steve, the first principle is purpose. Can you define that in terms of conscious capitalism? And then we'll ask, then I'll ask you for several examples. Yeah, sure. You know, higher purpose is about building your business with something that goes well beyond just creating profits for shareholders. It's, it's not that a conscious business isn't motivated to make money uh, as an unconscious business would be. In fact, I would argue that conscious businesses are probably more motivated about making profits because they recognize that without profits, 
there is no purpose. And because they have such a bold purpose in mind, uh, they're very committed to making money, but reinvesting it a little bit differently. Um, a conscious business is looking to make a positive impact through the work they do, often raising the standard of living or quality of life for the people that uh, they touch. Uh, what we find is over the long run, the returns for shareholders are often much higher when value is created for all the different stakeholders as opposed to just one of the stakeholders. I also find that uh, some of the other advantages of having a higher purpose is it increases the level of commitment and engagement mm-hmm. across all the stakeholders. The employees know who you are and, and what you stand for. Your suppliers know exactly what's important to you and, and who you are. Um, and the increase in engagement and the commitments that you get from your employees, your suppliers, the loyalty from the customers and community, uh, as well as the shareholders, end up giving you a significant advantage in the marketplace. So, we, you know, you talked about generally higher purpose, and we all can say, yes, that sounds great. How do you live it? In other words, can you give an example or two of how what you see, what you tell your employees and stakeholders and others, what your purpose is, and then how do you keep it in front of these people? Because, you know, it's one thing to say it it's an, an, or to have it on a wall uh, or a, a card, but how do you make it so that they live it and breathe it? Yeah, and, yeah. when you think of purpose, I, I wouldn't get too hung up on. I think people often spend too much time trying to wordsmith it and create mm. something that sounds very inspirational to people, but really what it comes down to is why, why do you exist? Why mm-hmm. do you take the path that you take? And then what are you managing every day to? And if you're managing to metrics that are different than your overall purpose, I think it uh, really weakens the, the value of, of the purpose. And so we don't really get into a lot of, of wordsmith. And, you know, when we come to purpose, people say, well, what's your, what's your purpose? It's, it's really that uh, we exist because we see that business can be one of the greatest forces for positive impact on people. And so every day we live out our purpose to say, what is the positive impact we can make mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. our tribe members, which uh, we, we call our employees, um, our, our banks that finance automobiles for us, our customers, uh, we're constantly looking for ways that we can enhance their lives. So, for instance, an example would be, let's say, with our tribe. We have a monthly kickoff, um, and we celebrate the prior month. And most of the kickoffs, you would think we're talking about the, the financial performance of the company, new initiatives, but we really get together and we celebrate uh, people's lives. Uh, examples are things like people getting married, people that are having kids. Uh, sometimes they're very emotional where they're dealing with illnesses um, or there's new achievements that are going on. So we, we really mm. talk about uh, internally at these monthly kickoffs, what's going on in the lives of our, our tribe members here at work and uh, what are we doing to recognize, appreciate, and, and support those things. And what that does is it really connects where people start to have a 
sense of belonging uh, together. And, and by sharing uh, that sense of belonging, it leads to just higher engagement in the work that they're doing. So they're able to increase what they bring to the workplace every single day, and we see that in performance. But if you're just talking about performance, and I, I don't want to say that we don't talk about numbers and we don't talk about performance. Sure. We, we mm-hmm. certainly do, but it's not all we talk about because – if you just sit there and talk about all that, all the numbers, uh, basically you're saying, what can I get out of people as opposed to really thinking about what, what is it that I need to be putting back into people? You know, as you were t- talking about this, and you started out by uh, saying um, that you can see a real return on investment. Uh, you see by by helping people understand the purpose, um, you get higher levels of commitment, higher levels of engagement. And you know what came to my mind is so many companies are are taking surveys, spending hundreds and thousands of dollars on surveys and engagement programs and all these things to get their people engaged and committed, and you're yet you're doing it. With a very simple way of showing that people are your your tribe is important, and that they um, and they do good work, and you know I'm so impressed with that. So one of my questions is why do you call it a tribe? Okay, and um, anything else you can say about how you get what you do. Little things you do that enhance their engagement, their loyalty, their commitment. Sure. Yeah, the reason we call it a tribe is is when you look at what defines a tribe, it's about uh, having a common set of language, customs, Mm -hmm. and beliefs about the world. And so we all really share those common languages, beliefs, and, and, and customs. And so... Um, that's why we call it a tribe. Um, as far as what do we do to really bring out uh, the engagement in the tribe, we look at uh, each uh, tribe member is, is five levels. And if you look, think about Maslow's hierarchy, mm-hmm. we have to meet one need to go to the next level. And so mm-hmm. the basic need we try to do is give them a sense of security. And by by that, we define it as, are we paying them a fair wage for the job we're asking them to do? And is it a living wage of what they are used to earning, right? Because without that living wage, there's no sense of security. And if there's no sense of security, it's hard for them to really get engaged. Once we have this uh, sense of Security. We then move to creating what we call a sense of belonging. And you know, does they do they feel the company cares about them? Do they feel that their manager uh, really is committed to their success and talking to them about their performance as opposed to waiting on an annual review? Are they giving them real time feedback and talking to them about where they want to go uh, in the company? And once they have a sense of belonging, then we move into achievement. What are we investing back into the tribe member to help them have more success? Because as they have more success, they have more confidence. And with more confidence in the job, they achieve more. And so once they have this security, sense of belonging, and confidence through achievement, then we start talking about, okay, Join us in creating more meaning for others besides just value for your success mm-hmm. or for mm-hmm. yourself. 
And so we talk about the purpose of the work and the impact that they can have on other tribe members and uh, other uh, consumers that, that buy cars. And then the final thing is uh, we have to be able to provide them some financial upside to really grow because, um, you know, they have families to support and they want to uh, grow uh, their family. And so we have to have all five of those. Well, you know, that that has taken us to this – this is just – what this says is there are things you can do. Doesn't cost a lot of money, but it 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 enhances their sense of commitment to uh, to driver select. Now I want to move, and we just have a, a, about two minutes for um, conscious leadership. And I'd like you to just start about talking about the principles of conscious leadership, and then probably when we come back uh, after our break is how do you develop that in your leaders? So. Tell a little bit about what is conscious leadership. I think conscious leadership is is about understanding the responsibility that you have as a leader for the health and well-being of of all your stakeholders. Mm -hmm. It's about stepping back and, and looking at how the decisions, the policies, the procedures, the values, the goals, the incentives, and the behaviors you allow to exist in your company that that impact others. You know, often it's about examining even some of the unintended consequences that may occur from the result of your behaviors or good intentions. It's about recognizing, you know, how you show up as the leader every day in the workplace and what messages you're sending by your own behaviors and attitude and, and how are you modeling the very values you want others in the organization to adopt. And I think that, you know, it's, it's walking the talk. It's talking the walk and walking the talk. Uh, you can't say that you're going to do one thing and do something else. So there's really what I, what I see is you're talking about a leader being congruent, authentic, caring, and all those things that will help them um, get, more, get more engagement and commitment from their, the people that they work with. So on that note... It's time for a short break. Um, this is uh, Marcia Zidal, your Smart Moves coach. Uh, my guest is Steve Hall, founder and president of Drivers Select and um, a leader in the conscious capitalism movement. Stay tuned. Will your business be five years from now? Will you be soaring or just getting by? Of course, you want to grow and prosper, but with growth comes bigger headaches more hiring, more capital, more customers to satisfy, more plates to juggle, more stress, and more demands on your time. Yes, there is a solution. It's the Smart Growth System, created by Marsha Zidal, executive coach to business leaders. It will give you the tools to take the growing pains out of growth. Get a free consultation and assessment from Marsha, M A R C I A, at smartmovescoach.com. There's a saying, if you do what you've always done, you'll get what you've always gotten. Are you satisfied with what you're getting? Are you ready to get something different? To get the business edge, bring Marsha Zidal, the Smart Moves author and professional speaker, to your next meeting, conference, or retreat. What you get is more than just stories and motivation. Marsha delivers big ideas with big impact to fast-track your business and your leadership. Schedule your next keynote or presentation now at Marsha, M-A-R-C-I-A, at smartmovescoach.com. 
You are tuned into The Business Edge with Marsha Zidle. To reach Marsha or her guests on today's show, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send us an email to Marsha at smartmovescoach.com. Now, back to The Business Edge. Welcome back to The Business Edge, sponsored by Snelling. Connecting the right people with the right work. I'm Marsha Zidle, your Smart Moves Coach. My guest is Steve Hall, visionary leader in the conscious capitalism community, telling us how he grew his successful business, Driver Select, based on the principles of conscious capitalism. And when we, at the end of the uh, last segment, we, uh, Steve was talking about conscious leadership and what does that mean and what does that involve. And so, Steve, can you tell us a little bit more about conscious leadership, your take on it, and maybe an example of how it's um, how it happens in your in, in uh, driver select. Yeah, so you know, I can I think when it comes to conscious leadership, the important things to recognize is your responsibility as a leader to is to communicate a very clear vision for your people. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. where are we going with the business and why are we taking this approach? And when you have a clear vision, it avoids a lot of confusion. I think the second thing is you need to make sure that you are making the proper investment in the skills and development of the people because if you don't do that, that can create a lot of stress and anxiety uh, for your, for the people. The third responsibility is making sure that you commit the right resources because mm-hmm. uh, where there's a lack of resources, there's often creates frustration in the workplace. You also have to have the right incentives in place so that you avoid gradual change and people just give up on trying to make an effort to uh, make the right changes necessary to grow the business. And finally, um, as a leader, you want to make sure that you're creating the right action plans for your people uh, so they avoid false starts and instead they can have early success in the job. And so I think you know, that's, to me, the most important parts of the leadership. Um, there's also responsibility for leadership on and, and how you're managing your relationships with some of your suppliers. Uh, it mm-hmm. means having a true interest in their business and believing that part of your job as the leader is to help your partners make better decisions that bring better products and services to the marketplace. I think one of the easiest examples that we refer to is in the way we engage with our banks. We um, work with large banks to provide auto financing for our customers. And many times we're sharing confidential data with the banks about how much we're making on certain vehicles and uh, where they're winning business, where they're losing business in the marketplace, because we want to give them as much data as possible because we trust that they will use that data in a way to bring more affordable and more competitive financing programs for the consumer. And the more affordable financing programs that they bring to consumers, the more consumers are inspired to buy automobiles. So it's really about, uh, you know, understanding the, the, the impact that your leadership has on your uh, suppliers, your employees, your customers. And I think that's a really great point because we sometimes think of leaders as, oh, you're the manager of this team and that's all you're responsible for. But 
or tribe or whatever. But really, what they do impacts so many other people and it impacts um, how you're seen by uh, by the media, perhaps, by uh, customers, uh, by anyone out there. And with social media, boy, you know, it gets out, you know, something, your, a leader does something wrong or says something uh-huh. wrong and Wow. <laughs> um, there are a lot of uh, ramifications. So I would like to move on now because I think this the next piece is really important, which is conscious culture. Talk about the conscious culture and about your culture in Driver Select. Yeah, culture, I think, is one of those terms that gets confused with the uh, fun places to work or having cool workspace and foosball tables, social events. And, yeah, those are certainly important pieces in many cultures, but it's not what I think is most significant uh, about culture. To me, culture starts with how you align people's personal values with the work that they're doing. I think mm-hmm. one of the reasons why so many people really – hate coming to work on Monday mornings is they feel like they have to leave behind who they really are as a person and what they truly value. And they have to come to work and be someone different, a feeling that they have to shift their values to what they feel is important to the business. And I think this can create all sorts of challenges if the values of the business are in conflict with their own values and beliefs. When it comes to culture, values, I think, play one of the biggest roles. And that is why, you know, we uh, at Driver Select try to be really clear on what is core and what is not core. Um, I'm a big fan of author Jim Collins, and he refers to core values as something you do even when it becomes a disadvantage to the business to uphold that value. And uh, that's what makes it core. It's why I believe at Driver Select we should only have a few core values because to make them work, you have to repeat them over and over and and more so, as you mentioned earlier, you have to model those values every Mm -hmm. single day. Otherwise, people just won't take our commitment to the values as seriously as they should. And, And values have to have an easy way for people to link every major decision the business makes uh, to a value. So um, since you talked about your, your values, what are the core values of Driver Select? Yeah, we have four, um, and they're in no particular order. They just all linked. Uh, the, the first one is be transparent, and that's, first of all, it talks about just be yourself and come to work and be exactly who you are at home, be that person in the workplace. Don't hoard information that could be helpful or even harmful to someone. Let's let's get it on the table and let's express what you are feeling uh, because when we're able to really understand what people are dealing with and what's getting in the way, we can get mm-hmm. there to the, to the root cause so much earlier and it's less confrontational uh, and there's more trust. Uh, the second value is what we call learn to earn, is every every experience we have, whether it's positive or sometimes we make mistakes, uh, mm-hmm. there's a learning opportunity in that, and it's learning that makes, it, makes us better. Um, the third one is take ownership. My take ownership means just do 
what you say you're going to do. And, and mm-hmm. when things don't go well, look in the mirror as opposed to out the window. Point with the thumb as opposed to the <laughs> finger. And be willing to uh, you know, make your wrongs right. And then the final one is celebrate the small successes. We believe that big things that happen to the business are a result of a whole bunch of small things. And we shouldn't have to wait months or even a year for a big thing to happen. Is that we want to try to recognize people for small things they do right there in the moment. So every day we want to try to find something uh, or someone to celebrate. Mm. And two quick questions. One is about your culture. Is uh, If anyone goes to your website, they will see it is orange. And I've met uh, some of the people in your tribe, and they're wearing orange shoes or orange. Orange is very much, it seems, part of your culture. Why orange? <laughs> yeah, it's we wanted something that we could really bring to life and make this visible um, what we represent as people. And it's in orange, we feel is a color that represents passion for what you're doing and and high energy. And then we believe that we have a high energy environment and and people that are just passionate uh, about building a business that uh, can really make a positive impact. And one last thing, because I did, um, hear Steve speak uh, twice now in Dallas, and and one was at a chamber, and he said, and I'm quoting you, and then I would like you to explain this, quote, values are not real until a person gets fired. What do you mean by that? Actually, I want to give that right credit, dude. That actually came from Sonny Vanderbeck of Satori Capital, and uh, I, I couldn't agree more with it. Is a lot of times people state values, but um, what they really want to know is, do can you back up that value with action, and are your actions really aligned with your values? So, if you have a high-performing employee and they're not living the values. Are you more committed to the individual success and metrics and revenue production of that employee? Are you truly committed to the behaviors and the values that you're marketing? And that's that's a business decision. And so I think uh, many businesses wrestle with that, uh, and it, it's a difficult one. But I think when you are able to choose values and say, I'm willing to sacrifice the numbers for the people as opposed to sacrificing the people for the numbers, um, I think it sends a strong message. And on, so now it's time to move on to the fourth, uh, which is stakeholders integration. And tell a little bit about that. Uh, what do you mean by that? We have about uh, three, two minutes, and maybe we can carry it over. So what stakeholders integration? You know, this, in my opinion, is, is a mindset where you believe you achieve more in your business through creating value for many rather than creating value for just a few. Mm-hmm. It's about a genuine and authentic concern for the health and well-being of all the people that contribute to the success of your business, whether that's uh, an employee, whether that's a supplier, whether that's a customer, whether it's a member of the community. Uh, each stakeholder plays a significant role, and if the service to one stakeholder gets too far out of balance, 
you know, sometimes it can create a negative impact on uh, the business over the long term. And um, so who do you consider are the stakeholders, for example, in your business uh, or any business besides, you know, you'd say the customer, you would say the employees, but who else out there are stakeholders? You know, I think conscious capitalism would say stakeholders include but not limited to employees, suppliers, customers, community, shareholders. Um, for our business, we, we, we really focus on three primary stakeholders, the, the, our tribe members, uh, which are employees, mm-hmm. our suppliers, and, and especially the, the banks that we uh, deal with and the vendors that are on site who help us recondition our vehicles. Um, we, those are the suppliers we focus with. And then the third one is our customers. And I know we're getting ready to go into break, so um, I'll stop there and we can talk a little bit more about how we manage those relationships. Okay, well, it is now time um, for a short break on the Business Edge. I'm Marcia Zidel, your Smart Moves coach, and my guest is Steve Hall, founder and president of Driver Select and a, a leader in the conscious capitalism movement. Stay tuned. Have you heard the great news? Snelling has been awarded Best of Staffing by both clients and candidates for their remarkable service, an achievement less than 1% of all workforce solutions companies can claim. Simply put, Snelling's satisfaction scores are more than double the industry average. We call it People Plus, and you'll understand why when you visit our webpage at www.snelling.com. That's www.snelling.com. S-N-E-L-L-I-N-G.com. Have you heard the great news? Snelling has been awarded Best of Staffing by both clients and candidates for their remarkable service, an achievement less than 1% of all workforce solutions companies can claim. Simply put, Snelling's satisfaction scores are more than double the industry average. We call it People Plus, and you'll understand why when you give us a call. Call us at 1-800-411-6401 or visit our webpage at www.snelling.com. That's 1-800-411-6401 or S-N-E-L-L-I-N-G dot com. There's a saying, if you do what you've always done, you'll get what you've always gotten. Are you satisfied with what you're getting? Are you ready to get something different? To get the business edge, bring Marsha Zidal, the Smart Moves author and professional speaker, to your next meeting, conference, or retreat. What you get is more than just stories and motivation. Marsha delivers big ideas with big impact to fast-track your business and your leadership. Schedule your next keynote or presentation now at Marsha, M-A-R-C-I-A, at smartmovescoach.com. You are tuned into The Business Edge with Marsha Zidel. To reach Marsha or her guests on today's show, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send us an email to Marsha at smartmovescoach.com. Now, back to The Business Edge. Welcome back to the Business Ad, sponsored by Snelling, connecting the right people with the right work. I'm Marcia Zidel, your Smart Moves Coach, and my guest is Steve Hall, um, who is a visionary uh, leader in the conscious capital movement. And when we ended the last segment, you were talking about stakeholders, 
uh, integration. So um, how do you manage that? Um, can you give a, a minute or two on that, Steve? Yeah, as mentioned, you know, we focus on three primary stakeholders, our tribe, our suppliers, and our customers. And so we mm-hmm. believe it starts with the investment we make in each of our tribe members. If we don't create the right environment that allows them to live out our values, and we're not investing in their development or providing them a, and the right incentives to add value for others, then it would be hard to create significant value for the other stakeholders. I find that the needs of employees are oft, often get overlooked because there's so much focus on the shareholder or the customer. But in my view, unless the employee feels a sense of security and belonging and, and personal achievement uh, and meaning in the work, and there's a financial upside, it's difficult for them to let go of their own needs uh, to start serving others. So we really start with the actual tribe member first. Mm-hmm. Once we meet the needs of the tribe, we, we look to the needs of our suppliers, actually, uh, second, uh, where we realize we cannot create a great customer experience or offer significant value to the customers if we don't have strong supplier relationships because we're our level of service is so heavily weighted by the service of our suppliers, especially auto financing. Um, so we focus, secondly, on them. And then third one is really uh, once we have the needs of the tribe and the suppliers met, we look to invest in our customer needs and what can we do to make uh, it a better buying experience for them. Now, keep in mind, I'm not suggesting that the employee or the supplier needs are more important than mm-hmm. customers. I'm just rather suggesting the sequence uh, of how we address each of them is important. If you start with the customer shareholder, it's very difficult to serve the employee and the supplier. So we start with tribe, then move to supplier, and by starting there allows us to create a much healthier, more robust customer experience. And so moving on, uh, what are the two or three things that, you know, you want listeners to remember about conscious capitalism? And then afterwards, tell about the upcoming events. Sure. Um, let's see. I think first I would want people to recognize that business has an incredible potential to make a positive impact on mm-hmm people, um, your employees, your suppliers, your customers, community. And if you don't take time to explore those opportunities, you're probably missing one of the greatest rewards business can offer you uh, as a leader. I think second, if you want to experience the most happiness and balance in your life, uh, make sure your personal values are aligned with the work you're Mm -hmm. doing. Um, Most people will spend over half of their life Uh, thinking about work, driving to work, or actually doing the work. And it's hard to really be happy and balanced if you're not being who you really are with your work. And then probably the the last thing I would say is conscious capitalism is not just a movement of a bunch of do-gooders. It's about a way of doing business that raises awareness about the impact that business has on people. Um, we're looking for ways to differentiate ourselves from the competition and find a sustainable competitive advantage. Um, and I would encourage uh, people to look at conscious capitalism a way to, as a way to achieve that goal. And it starts by uh, getting away from only managing the business on a quarterly or annual basis and looking at the business 
kind of like how you raise a child. You have to certainly take care of the short-term needs and well-being of the child, but also be thinking a decade or two out about what you want the child to become and the values you want them to uphold and what you want them to stand for and, and contribute to the world. And, and I think if you take that approach with your business, you're going to end up having a great business. And so if uh, so. What is what can our listeners do? What is next for them if they want to know more about conscious capitalism? And then I'm going to tell about next week's uh, um, uh, guest. So in a minute or so, how can they find out more about it? Well, we have a local chapter here in Dallas. Uh, it mm-hmm. meets the uh, third Friday of every month uh, in the morning. Usually, I think it begins about 7.30 a.m. and ends about 9 a.m. And if any of the listeners want to learn more, they can just email uh, to ConsciousCapitalismDallas at gmail.com, and you can get information about the upcoming events. Uh, you can also go to the uh, website, uh, ConsciousCapitalism.org, and learn about the what's going on at the national and international level. Um, what's exciting is there's an upcoming uh, annual um, summit uh, in Chicago in April the 7th or the 9th that's going to have a lot of practicums about how companies are practicing conscious capitalism. Well, thank you so much, Steve. I, I, as I said to you during the break, I'd love to have you on again. You have so much great information. And we just touched a little uh, at the tip of the iceberg about conscious capitalism. So next week's program is, did you know that the small to medium-sized employers are leading the economic uh, uh, growth Yet, they lag behind in a crucial factor for continued success, the attraction and retention of great talent. My guests are George Garrett, a founding member of Future Focus Group, and Peter Barrett the first uh, vice president of geoscience. They will provide insights into the greatest challenges facing leaders today, as well as the involved workforce. Secrets to successful, simple employee development. Um, I'll end with my favorite quote. There are three kinds of people in this world. Those who make it happen, those who let it happen, those who ask what happened. Which one are you? If you're highly motivated to make it happen, let me help you make it happen. As a smart moves coach, let me show you how. Remember, good intentions, even with a good plan, doesn't magically lead to success. What does is making sure every day you're on the right track and not getting sidetracked in your drive for purpose, performance, and profitability. Thank you for listening. Stay tuned for our next show. You've been listening to The Business Edge with Marsha Zeidel. Please join us again next Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. And enjoy taking your business to the next level. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. 
The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.